That'll make it easy to sync up the audio together. I'll just lay them on top of each other. Okay. Anyway, uh, it's Andrew here with Grant. And Mr. Eric Leonard himself. What's going on, guys? It's another episode. It's another talk. Episode four. Is this an episodic thing now? I think it, I mean, I think it's a weekly thing at this we're point. We're making it a weekly Somebody thing. Somebody called it a podcast today, and it bothered that bothered. Me. And then it's an, then it's an episode, it's just a talking episode, like a TED talk. It I could mean, be a. podcast. The people know we're here. Yeah, it's on them for not coming. I mean, they they could be at the live performance. You That's know? True. true. That is true? true. It's it's basically six thirty. Do we have to consider moving this to a venue that has the ability for a live audience? Maybe eventually. Maybe a little comment down below if you think so. Yeah, if you think know. we should, we know of a place. I think that might be a good spot. But they'll shower us with praise, and yeah, they'll at least meet. And like Chateau Mi- and Chateau Mingos. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a very so. extensive rider. I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> One <clears throat> ice cold six pack of Chateau Mingos. And green M and M's. Only the green ones. Only the green ones. Only the green ones. That's not true. I can't even do M and M's anymore. I would say you can't. Milk do chocolate. Do they make a vegan M&M? They like, don't. Well, I mean, you can get somebody, them. Somebody yeah, makes one. The candy-coated dark there. chocolates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody makes one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, get some of those and anyway, Mitch Osmond was supposed to be here tonight, but he uh, is being a dad. Yeah, ladies, the kids. ladies working late. So, as a result of that, Eric has said that he will do his best Mitch Osmond impression tonight. Oh, that's... Good day, mate. <laughs> That's it's, almost better than it's having like him he here. Was here. It's, it's like he's here. Right like now. I said, it's like two and one. Well, you did live in Australia for how long? I lived down under for uh, eight and a half months. Did uh, you yeah. begin talking with an accent? You know, <laughs> like or like I think you... I lost the Chicago accent. Okay. And I became normalized. Like, okay. So like, did you start like? What did you find that like there'd be certain situations where it would come out though? I would say, mate, probably more times than. It, in a sentence yeah no longer friends like what's up man it's like what's up mate i said that and when i came home my parents noticed that for about a month okay Mm -hmm. and then you went back to chicago 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 what's wrong with this jamoke yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) what's so i mean so you lived in how long did it take you to get used to the water turning backwards in the toilet did that oh my god i didn't even notice yeah oh you didn't notice that are you serious? Yeah, because they're in like the southern hemisphere. They're in the southern hemisphere, so because they're in the southern hemisphere, things flow. It drains. They drain. The they drain direction. the opposite. I didn't notice that. Ever? No, I swear. That's usually that's what I think that you get off the plane and they show you that right away. Well, we know that because of the Simpsons. Episode. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's it in burned into our brain. Yeah, I assume that all things on the Simpsons are actually true. <laughs> exactly true. Of course. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah, right, thank, thank you. you. But yeah, that's, I remember like in that episode, they had the machine. Yeah. That like they had to turn on and like would be pumping all of like this gas out. Like, yeah, for the know, American suite. To, to, to go back the other Just way. And Homer's like crying, like, you know, he's like <laughs> singing like a B.I. sing. Like, yeah. Well, it's like saluting while the toilet's flushing. I love that. <laughs> so, I can't believe I didn't know that. So, where, I don't think we've That is true. This. I mean, it, we're not making, like, that is a, science, a scientific fact. Yeah. So. I don't think we've covered this. Where, where in Chicago are your is your family from? I should say Northwest suburbs. Okay. So like Palatine, Schaumburg, Barrington. Palatine, area. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Palatine. yeah. yeah. So, no chance of the like, because the 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 accents around Chicago are varying depending on absolutely. where you're from. Yes, I just tell people I'm from Chicago. I don't yeah. I don't have a Chicago accent, Not but sometimes really. it comes out. When because I'm, yeah, those the folks from downtown they really oh, they really hang on to their hang words, on, <laughs> hang on to the A's and, and the I's. <laughs> Arctic blast, yeah, yeah. the blast. But well, we're we're here. It's been three games, a whole two weeks since we've last <clears throat> hung out together. We've seen you since then, but. Um, how have you been doing? Yeah, good. I think uh, it's been a, a, a long stretch of, of games. I think I was looking at the stats the other day. I kind of forgot because we've played so many. We've only lost one mm-hmm. in um, nine or ten. But we've only won a certain amount, too. So we've got right. uh, got a couple ties. Um, no need to panic, but uh, we're in a good spot on the table. But I do think these, uh, these next games coming up are crucial, starting with Charlotte. It's going to be big points. 
you mentioned with some of the games that you know you you played three games at all at home. Yep. Okay. Um, and yet, looking at the table, we still are two games in hand of most teams. And for a team like Greenville, we're three games in hand. Right. How does? I mean, let's be fair though. One of those is a friendly, an international friendly. Right. So we um, played it. We still played a game. Yeah. Yep. So we still played a match. Right. And so, um, but having these games in hand is that something that you know? What you were saying that you're looking, you're in a good position. Is this something that you're kind of reminding the guys as well? Is that like, hey guys, we're in a really good position here because we've got some extra games to play here. It is. I I think teams. Um, often forget that when you have games in hand you're you control your own destiny yeah. destiny so to speak which is something that in past years and you guys know we have not been able to control Correct. Correct. We're, we're waiting on teams to drop points etc but the difference is is that this year we have a team who with quality that can actually take advantage of that um i think we were all a little bummed that we didn't come away with uh two wins uh, the past two games especially because they're home games uh sure thanks because the last two home games, it would have been nice to get six points. Um, right. But to not concede or lose um, is big as well. Um, so going into it, we have confidence, but the boys also know that the games in hand do not do not stay that way. Yeah. We will soon catch up. Yeah. yeah so, so it's not something you're relying on. No, okay. no. For for those that are new to listening, um, we're, we're doing this live from Midtown Pub <laughs> in Middleton. In, in Middleton. So you will hear throughout this broadcast. Do you want some popcorn? Do you want some popcorn? Are you guys good? Do you want another picture? Your impressions are just spot on. I, I mean, like first Mitch and, and, now, and then, the, then the, the, the waitress. I got them all. Got them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got Mel Blanc's got nothing on him. I know. So I was ready for the cartoons. But so that when you hear this, that's what you're hearing. Yeah. Uh, so Eric, let's let's talk a bit about those games. So the fir- the first one was. Literally the day after the last time that we yep. hung out, yep. uh, the Pumas game, yep. uh, which which Matt and Dino even said like this, this is a super physical game, um, seemed like it was a little bit beyond uh, just a bunch of reserve team guys trying to show out and uh, vie for minutes on the on the senior team. What did you make of the game overall? We didn't get a chance to talk about it. It was uh, it was interesting because. Um, the chippiness was there, but I don't think it was there until around the 20th minute mark. So for those of you who went to the game, um, we, we played, uh, I'm sorry, for those of you who weren't at the game, we played Pumas, and this was their second team, if I'm not Tabasco, mistaken. From yeah. Tabasco, the Tabasco. So yeah. a lot of these these young guys are trying to, to prove. Move up to the next level. Man, and you saw it. And I think in the beginning, it was very neutral sided. So I loved it because I got to play on the right. Yeah. You guys know I love that outside position. I, I'm, I would get higher with the ball, et cetera. But I remember after Justin Suko uh, had the like the body body with the guy into their bench. From that point on, the game just changed instantly. Do do you feel like some of that was the atmosphere that I didn't have? Like, cause we had there were a lot of Pumas. There fans. were there was a lot of Pumas fans. I there. would say a majority of them were actually Pumas fans. There and was and like and we had like on the flock end too. We had them to where it was like. Um, it was something to where it's like we don't normally like this year we haven't had music mm. we had music that night and so the atmosphere i felt i mean we had a huge crowd it was a huge crowd that night it was what like 4500 people for like yeah. a you know for an exhibition wednesday night so do you feel like maybe like the atmosphere kind of like raised the atmosphere of the game up a little bit too i do but so um i mean like Let's be fair. Their red, their, their bench did get a red card. Correct. That's right. <laughs> Correct. So, I believe I played. I can't remember the game. I played the first thirty minutes. Uh-huh. Right. And I remember right. thinking the game was okay. We were we were up two one. Yep. And I was like, okay, it's a little chippy, but it's a normal game for me. Doable. I, doable. Yeah. And I asked Mitch Osmond. So Mitch our ca- is our captain. He didn't play. He was he was injured. And <clears throat> he said the game didn't look too chippy. At the 30th minute mark, when I came onto the bench, I can't tell you, and I don't know if you guys felt this, but uh, our coach was at 
about four or five different points during the game prepared to take our team off the field. Yes. Because of the chippiness. He was pissed. He was pissed. When we talked to him afterwards, we could well, tell. It he was, was coming in late to, to, yeah. uh, to yeah. the guys. Guys were getting injured. And we had a league game in four days. Right. Yep. There's no reason to do that. And that's exactly what he talked about when we talked to him. Yeah, yeah, he thought Drew like, was going to sit out the, the Omaha game. And it's like, a friendly. Like yeah. we, we're not try, we're not looking to get injured. I mean, how, so question for you for for fans that were there uh, for the Leones Negros game, mm. that one got a bit chippy too. Um, you know, and 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 Roje even mentioned after the game that like some of these are sort of like. Uh, Second division, lower division Mexican teams like to play really, really, really physical, and that's just like his experience. Um, do you feel like that that's sort of just like a common trait amongst some of, some of the reserve teams in Mexico? I do because I think they're trying to prove something. Yeah. But I'll be honest, it also depends on player personnel if it bothers you. So for me, like I, I don't think I really noticed the difference because I love that type of aggression. Dino game. was like, it was great for it me. It was fun. <laughs> but for some guys, like. Imagine, imagine if Mateus would have played that game. Right. Uh-huh. You know, and we talked about the game. Every time past two two touches, he would have gotten hacked. Yep. And he would have gotten injured. Right. You don't. You don't want. That's. We saw him after the game walking home. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what we said to him was, "Aren't you glad you didn't play this one?" And yeah, he got, I would have kicked the shit out of you. I mean, you. he kind of he gave us a look. He was like, you know, I mean, he was just like he was just like, ooh, he's like, this was a rough one. He could tell. I mean, and so. But that's the difference with with those teams coming over here. And it's just like, American soccer's played a certain way. Soccer in Europe has played a certain way. Yep. It, every every yeah. every country has its style yeah. of soccer. Yep. Yeah. Um, overall though, I thought, I thought the guys, our guys acquitted themselves well. Absolutely. Uh, especially some of the younger guys who got a chance to get a run out. Yep, agreed. Um, Agreed. Did anybody in particular, as far as those younger guys who got a chance to get some minutes, did any of them stand out to you as like they, they put in a good shift? Yeah, um, it's funny because this guy's massive, but he's young. Is Yuri yep. Jeremiah Strang? Uh-huh. Yeah, great game. I thought impacted. I think he had a goal. Yeah, um, he did. Huh? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, he had a goal. Um, he's starting to get uh, a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, at least in that game at that point in time he was. Um, and I also think that's starting. When Guys, do we need menus at all? Uh, sure. I'm good. Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. Um, and then Roj Smith, who I will talk about later, obviously, has just been on fire. He's been on fire. He's been informed. Um, so overall, happy with the ma- with the matchup yeah. with the game. Yep. Okay. Overall, good feelings. I think we got out, out of it what we needed. Okay. Yeah. Nobody got injured, which is a plus. Okay. Yeah. Good. Skin skin of the teeth. As yeah. they say. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Um, next game, four days later. I yeah. remember which one was that. Omaha. Omaha. Uh, Tuesday. A, a rare Tuesday matchup, which we... Which we hit our first record. It was, our, yeah. it was I mean, essentially a uh-huh. so. What do you? So, let's pause for a second before we get into that. What do you, what do you attribute these sort of record crowds that we're getting lately? Last, I have no idea. Last three games have been bangers. I mean... Part of me thinks it's because results are going fairly well. Yep. I think so too. Um, a lot of people, once again, who don't follow Ford Madison or they don't follow soccer, you're just looking up at a table to see what place your team's in. Mm-hmm. I remember in Chicago. So you don't think it was the baseball package? The baseball promo? I didn't even know that was a baseball <laughs> promo. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the hats they were giving away? Yeah. I'm hoping it's. You're, you're actually saying that, like. People might come to watch. soccer game. is actually selling. Sue me. Oh, how about that? Hmm. Interesting. Imagine that. There's a first hmm. for everything, guys. Huh. Huh. So you're saying. Yeah. You, you Crazy think, talk. So it's it's probably partially the results. Yeah. Um, team is playing better. We're scoring goals. It's an exciting team. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we're scoring goals yeah. sometimes. Let's talk about this Omaha game, though. Well, uh, what did you make of that game overall? Because I thought, I thought it was actually a pretty good game, like just from a, a contest perspective. But it felt like moving back a little bit yeah. uh, because because of the 
lack of time that our our forward players can actually like impose themselves on the bots. We we didn't spend a whole lot of time in, in the opposition box that game. No. Is Omaha that good at defending, or is it just like, like what's what's the deal with with not being able to like mount a good attack? The problem with Omaha is that they're a transitional soccer team. They're the only team like that in our league. Reminds me of college, um, the back and forth, the back and forth. They want to get the game into a track race and they want yep. you to run. And if it's like that, they will win. They are successful. That's why they won the league last year. They so, have guys that could run. Because they have guys that can run. And that's yeah. how, you know, yeah. J-Mims recruits. Yeah. I will say, if you look at the game from a whole, you got to start with the positives. We got our uh, a clean sheet, our yep. second clean sheet in a row, which is very important. With them playing a high press for most of the game. Right. And so you would think that with them playing a high press, that they want to score goals. Yeah. So anytime that you play a team that's doing a high press the entire game and they don't score, that's a win. And for something that we've struggled with over the years, I think that's important to, 100%. to take those little, 100%. Absolutely. Those victories. Um, so number one. Number two, I think that we kind of um, conformed to their playing style. As you saw, one of the reasons was our, our forwards were, you know, we were disjointed. The spaces between our midfield line, our Those forwards, spaces, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're too big. And that's something that we've been trying to improve. But I'd also like to credit that to it being a one-off with Omaha Union and how they play. Yeah. You know, we don't play many teams that just hump it long every single time they get the ball. It's long ball city with them. Oh, my God. I mean, we had to change like the way we... It's fucking old mid-2000s, yeah. mid-2000s Newcastle. Oh, God. Yeah, Sam Allardici special. Yeah. Send along to one of the IOBs. Yeah. So, Andrew Wheeler uh, Amunu said that he left that game feeling confused. Yeah. Because Omaha changed their tactics at the half. Yeah, that was a bizarre interview. Wasn't it? When you talked to him, he was just kind of like flabbergasted. Like, he's just like, I don't know what the hell they were doing because they changed the way that they played all season. Right just to play us in that second half. Yeah. Like, bringing the ball through their midfielders. Like, they don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, which is strange for them. I think that if anyone's going to notice it, it's him because he is right there. Yeah. Where it happens. Um, They have, um, between Doyle and their other two, um, uh, I can't remember the names, but they have good players. Yeah. um, That who can make, and you, you see it, that's why they made it so far in the Open Cup. Right. They're roundabout passes. When the ball comes into their central midfielder, their captain, Doyle, they can hook that ball one time around. It's just they're now getting it to their midfield line. We did not see that until the second half. That's what Andrew's saying because it was actually less work for Andrew because he's not running up and down. Right. He's right. actually not playing box position. Box. He's actually sitting he's playing, still. He's playing in the six yeah. or the eight, wherever he is. Yeah. Um, that's why he's yeah. probably, he probably confused. He's like, what is this team doing? Yeah. They're not known for doing this. Yeah. But that one, that one was a, a frustrating game to yeah. watch. Most of the Omaha games are frustrating to watch. They've um, always been that way. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that, again, is like, it's it's this like, why don't you guys just fucking play soccer? Instead of hoofing it long, throwing it long, kicking it long, whatever it is. I don't think that they have the goal scorers this year to make that work. Right. They had Hurst last year and Conway. Which, which, and the most punchable face in the league, Devin Boyce. Devin Boyce. <laughs> yep. Then you have to think it's pressure on our coaching staff because you don't want to necessarily change all of your tactics to match them. Yeah. But you need to. Uh, you don't uh, want to play their game. And no. it felt like we gave them too much respect in this game. Yep. That's been a common theme of us lately. Yeah. Um, it's why are we giving too much respect to the opponent? Yeah. It feels. And this is, I think, one of the things that teams that are really talented can fall into. Is it's almost like, okay, well, we're going to just kind of go out and see what they do. And whatever they do, we're going to respond react. to. We're going to react to and just beat them out. Right? Yep. As opposed to being having that mentality of like, we're going to go out and absolutely just announce our authority and crush this team from the beginning. And when we have the, the few uh, times we do that in a game, we usually score or right, get yeah, right away. Yeah. Or get right away. So, it, and, and and both methods work. Now, obviously, they are working when you yeah. look at the team. Yep. And that goes into talk about, like, exactly what I said. When you have a really good, sound squad, you can do this. You can go in, you can take the approach, you can see what the, you know, kind of gauge what everything is and take 
the game to them. Sure. As opposed to from the moment the whistle blows, you go at them. Right. Like crazed dogs. Yep. You know, and stick to the plan. Stick execute to the, the execute plan. Execute the plan. Sure. Right. And so I can imagine that that's something in the locker room with you, Andrew, and Mitch that you all are talking about is how do we get from here, because we're playing good soccer, to the next stage yeah. where now we become a team that's like we become the threat. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing there is, and this is also another common theme, is you have to realize that, and this is something that's taken me years to realize, we have a young team, so often young players think that the way that they stand out is by their individual ability, their performance. And that couldn't be more wrong because at the end of the the day, are you going to watch a team who's in the playoffs or you're going to watch a team in last place but you played excellent all year? You don't even know about the last place team. Right. It's like... Name me, name me somebody other than Terzaghi who was on the team, or Malloy who was on the team of the year last year. Exactly, and that and that's part of it. So we're trying to inhibit these ideas that the the more you can stay tuned with our characteristics and our team's attributes, and you, it's the team first, then the individual second. I think that helps us. Yeah, point please. Or uh, hams, yeah. hams, the, like, the fanciest of beers. I was like, we're going, we're going with point tonight. I, I don't like, think they have point on tap. Point on tap. I was like, I would take that. I would, I would too. Yeah. Delicious. But I like hams too. Yeah. I mean, we got a couple IPAs on tap. We got Stella on tap. Hams is good. Hams is great for hams us. Hams is great. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Anything else? No, I think we're all right for right now. Okay. Sounds good. Appreciate yeah. it. Okay. We had Omaha game. You know, zoom past that one. Yep. Let's get to the one from Saturday. You mentioned it. We scored in this game. We did. Came we did. from behind. Came from behind, which we've been doing a lot this year. But which it which is important. Yeah. It is. Even even though we're unhappy with the result. Well, it mental is. strength, right? It is. And it was a nice strike from Roger again. Um, Tied for leading goal scorer. Guys on fire. Roger Smith. Yeah. He's tied for the league lead in goal scored, isn't it? Or for the team lead. I think for four team. Team, team lead. Which you know what? I think, I mean, I haven't looked at the stats overall, but I would wager that we're probably one of the teams that's up there in, like, the top four or five for a diversity of, of goal scorers. Yeah, 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 agreed. Like, it's not, a, you know, a one-striker show at this club. No. Um, which I think I've always enjoyed that when teams have a lot of different people getting in on the oh, goal yeah. scoring. That makes it fun to watch. Yeah. You never know what to expect. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like having like that one or two guys where you know the second they get on the ball they're going to do something magical. Absolutely. Right. Um, Cassini's a guy who I feel like has that sort has of that characteristic. Yep. Agreed. When um, Melvin Gordon played football here. Yeah. He was yep. a guy that literally every time he touched the ball I thought yep. he's calling it. He's taking it to the house. Yeah. No matter where we were in the field. It could be on the two yard line or on the seven yard, the 15 yard line. Yeah. He's either going 98 or going 15. It doesn't matter. So he was that dangerous. Yeah. Right? Or like when Yelich a couple of years ago, I mean, one of his MVP years. I mean, these are talismanic and, guys you're talking about, though. But that's what I'm. That's it's what we're talking about. It's rare to come by guys like that. But that's in what we're talking division. about. It's like there are certain players that. Like, you know, they're just like, the, you know, we we we've been saying that already. Like, there there are some talents in this league too that. You know, I'm surprised Trezaghi's still in USL one. To be honest with you. Thank you. Um, maybe he has a good setup. Maybe he, you know. Maybe he just enjoys like scoring tons Cassini, of goals. <laughs> Cassini said it to us a couple weeks ago when we interviewed him. He said after a match. You asked him a great said, question. He said, "I was. I mean, he said it was the first time that he's been happy in years playing." Like looked at Andrew was like years, bro. Yeah, because he was like, "I'm happy." I was like. Yeah. For first time in a long time, I was like, "How long has it been?" So he looked at me. He's like, "Years." When you're happy, you play better. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, "So you know, if bigger clubs come calling, like, you know, you still gonna angle to stick around here?" He's like, "Well, you never know." But he's like, "All I know is that I'm really enjoying myself for the first time in a long time." Sure. That's important. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, which I thought was cool. Like, I mean, 
not everybody gets to grow up playing the game. Not everybody gets to grow up in a city like Sao Paulo, playing at a uh, playing the game and playing at a high level. Right. Like he's definitely made the most of his opportunities. Yes, for right. sure. Uh, but he also puts the work in. You know, takes care of himself, all that stuff. Yep. Um. Anyway, what do you think? So we we can we can move on from the Omaha game to talk uh, about the NoCo game. Um, you know, there's a difference between those two, right? Of like being able to make something from nothing, and it seems like Rojay's got that sort of mm. quality about him. Yep. Um, what do you think? You know, obviously you're 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 watching most of the game, though. You're not you're not entirely in terms of goals because you're a central defender, but like you you see the whole game yep. as it plays out. What is it that separates those games where we struggle to score from a game where we can come from behind and get an equalizer and, and almost got almost got a winner? I think it's and yeah, we're close. It's just, it just it's it's a it's a couple things. Um, it's when we lose when we when we win the ball back after a transition. Do we go quick? And if it's the right time to go quick, are we putting our foot on the ball and maintaining possession in our opponent's half? Yeah. Or are we trying something that gets us to lose the ball right away and now we're back on our heels defending? That's important for uh, a couple reasons. One, the, d- the defenders, the midfielders, were exhausted when we win the ball back. Right. So the first, we have this thing saying, make the, per- the first pass. The first pass, just yeah. make the first pass. This was something I brought up, if you remember, mm-hmm. early in the year. Yeah. But I saw it. When we were in Minnesota, I said, yeah. I'm like, it seems to me like you guys are playing more of a game where when the ball is turned over, you're looking to go, like right away. Like you want to be going the other way, right away. Because last year, we got too too much in that habit of we get the ball back, we kick it back to Phil, we go back you know, to, to, to you or to, or to Turbo or whatever. Yeah. And by the time that we started moving the ball up the field, their, their defense is already set. Sure. They're already set. Sure. And, and the problem that we're having now is that we win the ball and you see, we go. You're going. We go. Yep. But you can put your foot on the ball and maintain possession in their own half. Right. That's how you tie around an opponent. So it's, so it's just about maybe taking that extra just beat, oh. just to just pause, let some guys, let some more guys run up and get into position rather than just go, 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 Take go. your time. Make your chances count. Yeah. And I think that in the first half, um, you know, we were missing rotations everywhere. And it may be up, rotations up top, rotations in the midfield, but... That ultimately comes from ball will be coming early for a cut or something. Like absolutely, that, yeah. it, it just when one thing is off, everything is off. So it's not just the forwards rotations. Maybe our back line, myself included, we're not getting up quick enough to join the attack. So it, there was just a couple of things overall that were dysfunctional that led to that. So what you know, from my experience, what I'm hearing from you is that it seems like right now in the beginning of games, it feels as though the timing might be off. Sure. And. If you've played this game long enough, you understand how important time is. Timing is super important. It's super important, right? You understand? So, positioning. how important is for the next games moving up? Is it, like, we got to get the timing right from the start. Like, getting out and maybe just, like, playing a few balls, like, easy balls to get the timing right going first and then moving forward or just, you know, putting yourselves in situations where you can get that timing clicking early rather than waiting till later in the game when all of a sudden it starts clicking. Because, by like you said, by the time we got to like the, the 50th, 60th minute, timing was clicking. Right. Timing was clicking. But we don't have that much time to waste. Right. Yeah, you know, if we're trying to win games. Right. And I think that's, it, it's, to answer your question, it's massive. But I think the thing that we also need to realize is that when we make mistakes, we need to have someone clean up the mistake before it becomes a second, third, and fourth. Right. If you look at our goal, end it there. And yeah, yeah. If you look at when our goal was conceded, we lost the ball. No problem. We're gonna lose the ball. We had pushed up. We weren't patient. That's fine. Then the ball got played wide. Yep. The first person was late. The second ball got played. Third person was late, and then we kicked it out for a corner. Everything leads up to the goal. You need someone needs to put their hand up and say, you know what, I'm going to make sure this doesn't get to the second, third. I'm going to break the cycle right now. Right. We're in a bad cycle. Right. Yep. Yep. That's ultimately it. I. 
Yeah. I think I agree with that sentiment overall. How much is there during training? Because this, this is a conversation that I've had with, with folks that have watched training. Um, what's, what's the focus when you guys play the, like, five-a-sides? You know, is it focusing on structure? Is it focusing on positioning? Is it focusing on free flow expression or all of the above? Like, what? I'd actually, so you're talking about just five asides? Yeah. So I would say we only play five asides maybe one day of the week, and the importance of it is actually none of the above. It's competition. They don't care about touch limit, they don't care about structure. They, this is your opportunity to be pissed off and show why you're pissed off you're not playing. Yeah. and why you deserve to be in the 18. And I'll be honest with you, it's a great time for those guys because the coaches aren't watching intently. And if you, if you don't realize, that's the first practice before you go into the structural shape of the 11s right. and, the, and, right. and the 18 for that right. yeah. If right. you can stand out in the five-a-side, that gets you on the coach's mind that says, okay, you know what, this guy's pissed off, he's not playing, he wants it, versus you know someone who's, ah, I'm a little sore, I'm gonna sit yeah. out today kind of a thing. Yeah. It's gotcha. important, and yeah. I think it's also important to get um, fitness. Yep. Five sides, you're spending the most you're energy. Running. You're running, and for guys who aren't getting minutes, you need. It's to get most. Fitness. It's the most. It's essentially like the basketball scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or football or wrestling, or like a, uh, a football, wrestle off. Football eight mates. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess like I'm not I'm not asking you to throw teammates under the bus sure. here. You know what you mentioned, anybody, no. but like it feels like at times, especially in this NoCo game. Especially, and also in the Omaha game. I mean, we, we already dissected the Omaha game. We, we felt like it had to do with, like, too much respect being paid to them. But, like, the guys that are showing during the five-a-side and during training, hey, I deserve some minutes. There were guys like Rojay this last time who, who came into the team, got his first start in a long time. Derek, too. Like... <clears throat> They obviously, I mean, obviously, Rojay showed like. I thought Derek did quality. too. I thought Derek, yes. Derek, Derek was incredible getting out of stuff in the corner. Sorry, Jensen. Right. Yeah. What I'm, I guess, what I'm Derek asking is like. He was great. Whenever we make these lineup changes, not based on rotation, but based on like how guys are shown out in practice, are they executing in a way on the weekend the way that they did during practice to earn that starting spot? I'd say most of them are, but for the the ones who aren't and we do like to answer your question we do have a lot of rotation at times sometimes yeah. it's because of performance sometimes it's because it's legs injuries I, yeah whatever i yeah. think the problem that we get into when poor regardless of who, who's on the field the problem with poor performances is that we get away from the non-negotiables yeah so we yeah. had to talk in the beginning yeah. what are non-negotiables in soccer running yep tracking back on defense yep and and, and understanding the game plan. Yep. So for running, you gotta run. If, if, if your guy runs by you, you have to pick him up. That's just a hustle. Tracking back on defense, off a corner kick, if it hits the near guy, you gotta just turn and run back to your goal, no matter what position you it's, are. It's a pretty well-known fact. If you don't like running, this, this sport probably is not for you. It's like, you know, and especially the way Matt wants to play, yeah. you can't do it. Yeah, and then yeah. no one understanding the structure. When you come into a position, you are put into a position for a certain reason. You, you need to understand how Matt wants it to be done, but how right. the team needs you there. Right. Right. If you can't understand those three things, then you are not helping the team because those are non-negotiables. Yeah. That's what he calls me. He brings them up all the time. Yeah. I love that. I love that he's actually bringing up what he considers the non-negotiables. How often are those discussed? Oh. Are these the, like every practice, every it's, training? But that's the problem. They're discussed ad nauseum to the point where maybe... Well, no, they're discussed too much because... And I'll include myself in it because, yeah, yeah. I'll include because myself not, in it because, because we are not doing them. You're not doing them. And that's the problem. Yeah. You don't want to beat a dead horse. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you need you need you need these things. <laughs> so, I, I commend him for for bringing it up because you need to constantly reinforce it. But ultimately, who's on the field? So, question for you, and you know, and this is for fans who have watched this team for multiple years now. How do those non-negotiables stack up against Carl Craig, Daryl Shores, non-negotiables? Mm. I think... I'm not trying to throw anybody no, under the bus I here think, either. In my opinion, I think Matt demands so much more. 
so much yeah. more. And, and I'll be honest. And, and like it, multi-dimensional it, too. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, and it feels like he does too. So there was, yeah. and here's a perfect example. I am the opposite of a forward. I'm a defender. And we were really? doing a transitional you? game. Oh, I know. <laughs> we were doing a transitional game when I had the ball and I was moving up today in practice. Jeremiah made a run across the box. I thought it was a good time to shoot, so I ripped his shot. Guess who hit in the back? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Next group's done. Okay, next group comes in. And Matt stopped it. He said, not to, not to pick on Eric, but we need to be better at our time. And we, we, we need to get way better on picking opportunities of when to go forward and when to pause on the ball. Yeah. Yeah, just because And you probably play. immediately were like, oh, duh. Well, yeah. Of course. I'm like, <laughs> of, of course. Like, well, yeah, I don't usually play an attacking position, but just because I play minutes does not mean I'm opt out of getting called out. No. And that's something I like well, about too, Matt. Well, too, if you get a chance, right? Play the, play it, the right game, thing. Do the right thing. And that's the thing. Matt, no matter if it's me, Mitch, Andrew, or someone else, someone else yeah, left, or even yeah. someone not playing, he calls everyone out. And I think yeah. it's important. Everyone's the same, on the same yeah. floor. Shows accountability yeah. and shows respect. Yeah. 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 If there, I guess if there, if there was like one thing so far this season that you've learned or taken away from Matt being your coach, your head coach. Sure. That you'll probably take into future years playing or other walks of life what would it be is it that accountability that like because it doesn't seem like he's no, afraid I, to call a spade a spade I think at the end of the day Matt's thing is for me is you can spend an hour working on tactics you can spend an hour putting the right lineup together at the end of it at the end of the day if you're on the field you need to do something to help the team find a way to win. When I see us lose or tie, yeah, I mean, oh my God, this guy just looks so, he, I feel like how he feels. And it, it's good to know someone else, he cares that much. Yeah. And he, he is upset and frustrated. And at times, is it too much? Maybe, but I think it's good because it shows everyone else that this is his job. Yeah. If he doesn't do well, if I don't do well, I'm gone. This is, yeah. that's how he treats it. Like. How he's, he should be treated. And he's treating it, and he's showing to you guys that, look, there's something on the line here. Yeah. You know, it's like, this isn't just all fun and games. Absolutely. It's like, to somebody like that, like... Well, I think he this, knows, too, how much yeah. the fans care. Yeah. Of course. And I think when you see your coach care that much, yeah. then if he's screaming at you, you, you bite your tongue a little bit more because you realize that he wants what's best for the team. He, he gives us three things, and he, I remember him. Every time he says them, and he reminds us, he said three things at the beginning of the year. It's one, team first, two, work ethic, and three, resilience. He said, if you don't have those three things on this team, you will never play for me. You will never play for me. And I think those three things are so important because they are, think about it, team first, right? If you're individualistic, your team will never win. You're only focused on yourself. Hard work. If you don't do the non-negotiable of running, you're never yeah. going to win. And then resilience. The 90th minute, are you going to track back? Everything adds up. Everything yeah. adds up. I like that. Same here. So, how are things going wedding planning? Oh, gosh. They're good, man. They're, uh, <laughs> they're good. We are, um... We're into the final, like, 15-ish minutes of, uh... Well, whatever. We can... I, I, just, we like, got time. I just like covering ground that no one time. else is going to ask. We got to... We had a little bit of extra time. Right now, we're trying to figure out our first dance song. So we're between two two songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a Sam Smith song and then a, a Troy Cartwright song, more of a country type. Oh, Sam Smith. Yeah. I'm leaning that way too, just because it's it's beautiful. Um, Timeless. That is a good one. That that's a great one. Um, it's oh, called. No, like, no, like, no, I'm just saying, like, like Sam Smith. He is timeless. But Sam he has a song called Timeless. Oh, yeah. uh, he does have a song called Timeless. He does have a song called Timeless. That was a twofer. Yeah, oh, I like that. Hey, you guys <laughs> you, that. Look at you making jokes. <laughs> hey! Uh, but no, like, you you want something like that, right? Like, it's right. like, oh, could I go with Toby Keith or Frank Sinatra? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah, so, deciding that, and then uh, I just ordered the, the wedding invitations. Nice. So, nice. that was big. What uh, kind of cardstock? Whatever Carly said. Yeah, that's yeah. the right answer. That's, that is the 100% right answer. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. You guys know this that is correct. <laughs> oh, man. No, but it's going smoothly. Um, we just had her bridal shower on Sunday. I don't awesome. think I told you guys, so went back to Chicago. We weren't I, invited. I'm hurt. I'm sorry. It was, <laughs> listen, I wasn't even invited. It was well, women only. I'm like, I just wanted the fashion part. Yeah, why not? 
it will be in Chicago. So. Uh, I've been known to get into some dubious behaviors. Some in dubious behaviors. Same with me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I like that. We might need to be there. Yeah. Chicago's not too far. Yeah, it's not. It's not far at all. We got friends in Chicago. Yeah, we'll crash we'll we'll a, a Jake Payne's couch. Yeah, we'll come home loaded on all kinds of illicit substances and make a scene. Have fun with Katie and bother Jake. And bother Jake. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Katie will be fine with it. But no, um, no, it's good to hear. So, um, yeah. So you got tosses picked out. White tuxes with tails and top hats as well. No, I have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Okay, so so, so you we, had to ask. I had to ask. ask. I'm like that. That was the question. I saw. I've got I saw the panic in your eyes yeah. when I asked the question. I have an appointment on Monday. Your appointment on Monday. I'm going into Men's Warehouse and I'm going to try on a couple Excellent. different ones. Excellent. So that's a good step. Um, all I know is not great because it's going to be in, in Florida and I don't want my yeah. parents going You don't want me splitting. Yeah. No. Exactly. So. At that point, you're either looking black or or, or navy. Navy blue because those are our wedding colors. So I'm thinking. Well, I was gonna ask, what color is Carly? Is she'll be white, but her bridesmaids are gonna be uh, like coral blue. So I might have that. Navy blue. blue. Navy yeah. blue. Yeah. Well, I think it's a no-brainer. No, yeah, no-brainer. I just need to see the fit. I need to see everything. Yeah. Tie, bow tie. Any preference? Um, tie, bow tie. Depends so, if you're wearing tails. Correct. If you have tails, you go bow tie. And my buddy did this, like for his wedding, I thought this was kind of cool. Um, he was the only one that wore a bow tie. And, out of, and the rest of us wore ties. I like that. I like that because then you stand out. Because that's why, because, and we all had like the same fit and the same look, but everybody knew who the groom was because yeah. he had. Well, also, I need to stand out when you have Ryan Coulter in your wedding party. Correct, correct. And he's more attractive than Because everyone's going to think he's, like, he's, the, you know, it's like, yeah. So. We need to put a limit on how tight his clothing is. I have to put a limit on what he does with his hair. Yeah. I, there's a lot of things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You need to start talking. None of this, ma- none of this matters, yeah. you guys understand. Because yeah. it's like, the thing is, like, unless he's got a broken chin. Also, Carly's... He'll still be the most attractive That's guy. the thing. Oh, so Carly's marrying you, so what did, what? Yeah, they're like, what are you worried about? Uh, what are you worried about? Are you going to be about Brian Coulter oh. doing a runaway bride thing with Carly? Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. I have no shame saying that. And Jericho will be there in the crowd, too. Yeah. Oh, man. You really can't put the Irish down. You so, know? you would need an accent color, obviously. Right. right. You're wearing navy. Right. You got some coral blues. Hey guys, pink, pink's a good accent color. That's what we hear. Are you kidding me? It's an excellent one. I think, I think it's a good accent color. It's incredible. Just saying. Just saying. That's some ideas. Just saying. Put some ideas. All right. So Monday's the big, the big. So the next loggers with Lenny. You'll find out how, what color. You'll find out the style. We will have this. Okay. This is good. All the photos. Yeah. The people want to know. The people want to know. They do. We hope. We've been told that, yeah, outside of being listenable, that people enjoy getting to know uh, players on the team. Yeah. Like, that's the thing people want more of. Right. Yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Craziness. These guys, like, they're looking at you guys like humans. Yeah, like real people. Like, you go, these guys are real people. We're not getting known, huh? Between that and starting to care about soccer in Madison. What's going on? It's dangerous, guys. What's going on? The world is changing. We still got we still got about fifteen minutes to talk. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about some music stuff. Okay. Like that. So I went to a, I went to a show. You uh, did. Yeah, you were supposed to go. I was supposed to go. You were, but you've been like, we've as we've discussed off, you know, off air. Andrew's very busy with his work life. Yep. Yeah. Everything. So I went to the Deadmau show. Uh, a couple weeks ago. I had tickets. Yes. I had tickets. I mean... So that's the show that we were talking about. Um, I wanted to go. So, the first group was Bensley. Um, kind of a, I don't know, housey DJ type act out of Toronto. Um, okay. Okay. You know, kind of good starter. 
It sounded like, like you were whelmed. Not yeah. underwhelmed. Yeah. Not over. Like, like had a couple slightly of whelmed. Had a couple of slightly whelmed. Slightly yeah. yeah. Slightly whelmed. Had a couple of songs that was like, oh, this slap is a good opener. Fair. Okay. Fair. Just got the job done. Next band that comes in is Casablanca. Blew the roof off the bitch. Turn it up. I'm kind of sad I didn't Turn it up. Absolutely one of the best opening acts I've seen. Just turn it up. Absolutely 10 out of 10. Zach and I, Zach was there. And Zach and I both have said, if we find their stuff in the vinyl or if they come back, we would pay to go see them again. Yeah. They were amazing. They were great. Two guys kind of doing, a, doing their thing. Reminded me a lot of a young Daft Punk. Sure. Just really, really good. Next was Nero, who... I know them. Um, but it was just the DJ set, not the full band. Okay. Which was very disappointing, because the full band has, like, a lead singer. Yep. This would be like if, if Frank Delgado from the Deftones correct. did a DJ set. Of the, the Deftones set. Yeah. Or DJ Lethal from Limp Bizkit yeah. just showed up and just played just Limp Bizkit. Played Limp Bizkit. So. Hey, it's great! You know, yeah. so, cool, but not anything. Then Dead Mouse comes out. I've seen Dead Mouse before. Um, a couple times, saw him in 2008 up in Minneapolis. When he, I'm not. I have not. On his first so, album. This would have been my first um, album. Saw him in 2011 with, with my ex-girlfriend at uh, the Dane County Coliseum. Great show. So I was going into this thinking, okay, he, he puts on a good show. And... Um, I cannot express enough how bad this show was. Are you serious? It was horrible. I'm kind of glad I didn't go there. It was horrible. What? He spent the first hour and change just with heavy industrial, like, trance, like, you know, just like, not, like, losing the crowd numerous times. Like, these are his fans that are there, and we're surrounded by his fans, and nobody's dancing, nobody's moving. I'm like, what are you doing? And it got to a point to where he kept going and he played a long time. He played this was at midnight. And he's playing past midnight. And I just looked at Zach and the you know, some of the other people I was with and I'm like, I'm gonna go. You wanna go? And they're like, Yep. And they're like, and we left. And they were still playing. And he was still playing. So kinda sad. Yeah, and it just feels like whatever he's trying to do, I don't know if he's trying to do something new or if he's trying, you know. It's not working. Maybe that's a good point. Maybe he is trying because he's been around for so long. And that's what it is. I think he's trying because he is one of, like, the big, like, yeah. you know. He did a fucking master class. He did a master class. Stick to your script, man. Yeah. Stick to what you're good at. And it's so, like the Stones, right? If you're the Stones, you're playing fucking Satisfaction. Yeah. Okay? You can't not you play, play Satisfaction. Hits. You gotta play your hits. hits. You gotta play your hits. You guys are pretty good. Okay, yeah, okay. thank you. Or Bastard Boys, I wanted that way. Like I saw. Did, did yeah. they play that? You know they played that. Of course you know they played that. their hits. But, but that's what you do. You don't go and you... Maybe he took a smaller venue and he wanted to mess around. Maybe. Okay. But that is interesting. It was a big swing and a miss then. Big I time. I struck out. I struck out big time. So. What about you? What do you... I mean, we're yeah. talking about a show. Well, we I mean, I've not been to a show in a while. I mean, yeah. In a while. We have one coming up. Well, in November. Yeah, that's FKJ. Yeah. Yeah, FKJ. We got we got tickets to that. Brand and I are gonna go on a date. Yeah. He's gonna buy me dinner and maybe I'll put out. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's your sexy friend. Yeah. Grant is my sexy friend. We've talked about this, right? Have we talked about this? Grant. Grant is the guy that. If he's out he's, with you at the he's bar, Ryan Colder. He's, yeah. Yeah. Yes. he's your Ryan Calder. Yeah, he's your Ryan Calder. Which is story from your yeah. uh, car going. He yeah. doesn't yeah. live here. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't even. Which is why Ryan and I like each other. Yeah. I was looking at my songs. Um. Uh, I, do you guys know Russ? Yeah. I do not. Yeah, the guy with the new album. Like the rapper, the rapper Russ. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. The white guy. Yeah, the white guy. He came out with like a singing album. There's a white. Rapper named Russ, Russ from Atlanta. He's an, Ita- I'm shocked. He's an Italian guy. He's actually not bad. He's really good. Yeah. What is Russ short for something? I don't know. Actually. Russell? Everybody knows him as Russ. Though. Russell Batoni. He wrote a book. He wrote a really good book I read. I can't remember what it's called. But him and then um, I was listening to a lot of Ed Sheeran lately because he, he was on the album. So I listened to their whole album. I don't know about what you I can't deny that Ed Sheeran has some chops. 
He does. He does. He does. He really does. I, you know, I will offer you up. Like, I can't con the guy that much. And I'm like... Well, other than I've probably spent more time in Glasgow than he has. Yes. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, uh, no, Galway. Galway. Galway, yeah. The day and a half I was there. But, <laughs> um, he's got some chops. He's got some chops. No, yeah, I mean, he's, he's good. He's, good. he's a pop musician. Yeah. Right? You know? John Mayer gave an interview where he was saying that he is consistently amazed by Ed Sheeran's ability to construct a pop song. It's fucking Post Malone. That's, that's, that's Post Malone. And he brought, he brought, he brought that, that up too. Because you know, somebody asked him, he's like, who are the two, who are some musicians that you look up to? And, you know, John Mayer gave a total John Mayer answer, which is like this big, expensive answer, which is like something that you wouldn't expect. And he said, like, two of the guys that he really loves are Post Malone and Ed Sheeran because of their ability to just write, um, write, make, a, hook. Um, write a hook and write amazing pop songs. And he's like, for somebody like me that like is in that world and is in a different world as well, knowing how much it takes to write one of those songs and the fact that they just do it in a quantity, just they just start dropping out, crank them out, and that's what we talked about. He's like, he's like, it's astonishing that how much that they, that they can do this. Yeah, and so, you know, that's high praise from a guy who's probably one of the five best guitar players in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, my, my, my music as of late is following the same... I was saying, what new Jack album are you listening to today, <laughs> Andrew? Uh, no, I've actually, this week, I've been putting together the playlist uh, for the, the, the print copy release on the 13th at Rabinia. Okay. Um, I'm close to three hours of music. I feel like I need, like, four hours. I'm going to just put that shit on shuffle. You should have put that, put that one in that I put in chat today. What, chat, what song is from like the from the, at the the FMC music chair? Okay. From two together. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I mostly just, just listen, listen to that on the way home. Blew it out the elevator. Yeah. 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 elevator. You listen to that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, I listen to that. Yeah. Came out of my run today, and I was just like, instantaneous, just like. You know, I've been like, fucking majorly inhaling that that Exxon Middleton shit. Yeah, it's so good though. So, do you, you know, know who Exxon Middleton is? No. Okay. So, I'll let Andrew tell you a little bit more, but, like, do you like West Coast hip-hop? Sure. And so take like, it from here. Yeah, so most West Coast hip-hop, at least, like, the, the sort of, like, Dr. Dre school of producing, okay. it all comes out of old L.A. West Coast funk. Huh. Like, which is what a they call com- G-funk. Which is a weird combination, like, yeah. as you and I were talking. It's this weird combination of, like, old like 70s funk. hard funk like hard funk with easy listening and, and, and smooth and smooth jazz and yacht rock and smooth jazz like michael mcdonald and christopher cross wow like you've heard warren g's regulate right yep. okay you know that sample like you know the sample like the, the whole beat of the song sure that's actually from a michael mcdonald song the guy he's saying yeah i'm gonna be there yeah like wait, wait that's his that's originally like his song that they sample so like so regulate is like this whole song called I can't I, I don't can't stop forgetting by Mike McDonald which was a huge hit in like 1983. Yeah. They sampled it back in that song and that's like people were like I think that's part of the reason why people, that song took off. Sure. Is that people were like yeah, it's Mike McDonald that's a Mike McDonald book. Yeah. You know, it's we like, like that. that. Yeah. So. I think part of it is that. Oh, yeah, I think we're all right for right now. Yeah. We'll probably order some food in a little bit. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. But yeah, like, XL Middleton is this Korean guy who lives in L.A. Yeah, Korean guy. He's producing this kind of music now. And he's putting out this, like, late it is 70s, early 80s era liquid, funk style stuff. It is liquid gold, dude. What's his name again? XL Middleton. XL. We should ask Noah if he knows XL Middleton. Yeah, I'm sure no. I'm sure no. No, I I have to imagine like our friends in like Tigers SG. Oh yeah, yeah. See people, I have to know who this guy is. He's basically like the figurehead behind MoFunk Records. Um, you can listen to all their stuff for free on Bandcamp. Um, and like yeah, people listening. XL Middleton. Middleton, like like the the Tom Moran. 
but yeah, he's a Korean dude, and he does all all of the musicianship and all of the arrangements on the tracks. That's like a cool guy. Yeah, man. I mean, look at that guy. Dude, he looks like uh, you know who he looks like to Mugs. me. Yeah, he looks like Muggs, but he also looks like um, huh. <laughs> fucking what's his name? Uh, he looks a lot like Muggs. You're not wrong there. But he looks like, like, like that. He looks like DJ Muggs to me. He looks a little bit like um, what the fuck? Give me some. The dude from West Side Connection. Oh, um. Not I. Well, I was no, not as no, 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 no. I know what you're yeah. talking about. Um. His name is like a gun. Yeah. Name. Um. Mac Ten. Yeah. Mac Ten. Mac Ten with a hat. He does. Looks like Mac Ten. Mac Ten. Yeah. Uh. But uh. Yeah. Dude. It is the most sugary sounding, so nostalgic, it's so like good. funk music that you ever heard. It sounds like every Dre beat ever, ever fucking created. You guys want to listen to my car right now? It's so good. It's so good. I love, I love finding new music. Love, love. But like, I've been on this kick lately where it's like, I want to try to find people who are doing this sort of revival sound and throwing it in a set of stuff that is like from, from that, that era sure yeah. and just seeing how people react to it and he's one of those guys yeah and see it in the middle of my baby and i like and you know this about me i love people that take that old sound and then use it in a, into the present in the present yeah this is why i like fkj so much well let's because fkj uses elements of funk jazz soul we talk about that a little bit so have you watched the new season of Stranger Things? Yep, of course. So, like, that sort of, like, era of synth music, like that sort of dark synth stuff. I picked up three vinyl from Magic Sword recently. Oh, yeah. They're coming back through here. They're coming back through here sometime soon. Uh, I was out of town last time and they came back through. I want to go. It's not like a Tuesday or Wednesday night or something like that. But it's three guys. And... One plays drums, one plays synths, the other guy plays guitar. And it's like literally that sort of like... That's Tycho. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is like that outrun sort of like synthwave style stuff where it's just like... Kaczynski, it's, it's, like, it's Kavinsky style stuff, but it's, I don't know, man, it's super cool. Like, I love that sort of 80s sound, but like, yeah that if if you're into stranger things like that sort of synth music that they have in their soundtracks look up magic sword is the name of the band what was the one that we were listening to time cop 1984 oh yeah time cop 1984 another good one um the midnight also another good one yeah um and then of course perturbators Tycho. yeah like look up Tycho if you like synth wave um we get we we cover a lot of ground in our music we do we do but yeah, if you come if you come through the uh, the release of the print edition on August thirteenth, it's mostly gonna be like first second wave ska, reggae, some hip hop, some new jack, some R and B. Like it's gonna be mostly laid back stuff, but like really good feel. Yeah. Positive shit. It's gonna be a good time. We can talk a little bit about that. Like we're, we're at we got like two minutes left. Eric, I gave Eric a copy tonight, but it's like in a sealed package, and he's been like. Holding it in his hands and like, <laughs> he's, 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 so he's giving it a hug right he's now. Seen right? It. Cover. He's yeah. seen it. He's seen. He's seen it. But now I get a chance to read it. Yeah. So like, if you follow this club and and big shouts to Rob Chapel who gave huge us a sound bite. Yeah, huge shouts. Uh, and big flock last week. And big shout to Dave Rana. Yeah. Who's gonna have us on WSUM? Have me on WSUM on Sunday. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of town for work this weekend. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll post it up on the Twitter and on the Instagram. If if you get a chance, uh, if he's got a, a link to re-listen to it, that would be fantastic. Grant, tra- chase that down. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Grant is going to be on WSUM local student radio this weekend with Dave Rana, DJ Dumars. Yeah. On his radio show, talking about the the release of the first print edition. 72 pages internal. Way yeah. bigger than we thought originally. All Both pictures. Yeah, all color. All, all mostly pictures. Actually. All color. Yeah. Like full, full color. Full throughout. color, 80 pound, like 
that shit feels weighty. That's, that's like, like that's that's, like, that's, that's a thing. One of the nicest compliments. compliments. Eric's, Eric's gonna be doing curls with that shit tomorrow. That's, that's like, like one of the greatest compliments I've gotten. Like, like the people, I like guess, usually like one of the first things that they told us when they have it. Had, they're like, wow, they're like oh wow, they're like this is weighty. And like, yeah. they're like this is, and I think that that gives off immediately. Like, I think it's like this is a real table. It's a coffee table book. This is the real one. You can you can pick it up. Read it for five minutes, you need to go do something, stop, pause, yeah. come back to it. Well, here's the thing. I don't want it to be a flash in a pan. So, like, we're already started talking about it's, the next issue. Too. Yeah. Um, like, and here's why I say that. Like, I've, I actually have been, like, on the hunt for and, like, occasionally buying up copies of Kick Magazine, which was, like, literally NASL, the old school NASL, like, sure. late 70s, early 80s. Um, it was their their match day program. It was like a full full magazine. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And like, I've got a copy. Like, I just came in today of like the uh, Washington Diplomats uh, <laughs> playing away to the the uh, what was it Texas, Texas tornadoes? Texas tornadoes. Yeah. Houston tornadoes or something like, like that. Houston tornadoes. And there's like pictures. This is from 1978. There are pictures in there of. Like George Best playing for LA. Yeah, he played for the LA Aztecs. Yeah, like against. Throwbacks. Yeah, like there's. I don't, uh, and the thing is, is like, and, and I want like for people like me that are older yeah. that remember this. Like I want people to understand, like soccer being popular, is not a, like a new thing in this country. Sure. Yeah. When this was going on, when the Metro Stars and George Best and those guys. They were selling out. Back when the Cosmos were yeah. actually like... they were selling out places like... Sure. Like, at one point, the Chicago Sting, who was the indoor team, was drawing more than the Bulls. Yeah. Dude, Franz Reckenbauer played on the same Cosmos team... As Pele. As Pele. That's crazy. Yeah. In the States. In New York. That is insane. Go, go look up sometime. This is your homework project. Homework. Go look up like the 1970, 78, 78 Cosmos, Cosmos roster. roster. It's insane. Uh, in like 10 minutes. Okay. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. So, and that's one of those things where it's like, so now, and then getting back to like something that we've been, we've been talking about, what we're seeing in Madison, this is something that Andrew and I talked a lot about, is that Madison is in the sock town. Historically not. It's not a sock town. Okay. And I think that like at least not like a like a a spectator's perspective, no, like fans no. of the sport. It's like and but it feels like in some way because Mitch has said this too that he's noticing that like even like the crowds that's coming, they're engaged. It's not like they're just there, just like having a good time. Like I went to a Mallards game a couple Fridays ago. Gotta be honest, I probably watched. Maybe grand total of two minutes. People are there to drink, eat, right. and party. That's, That's what we're there for. That's, That's what we're there for. Okay. That is not the case here. Like Mitch is like Mitch was saying, telling me one time, like when there's a big thing happening in the game, there's a ball. It's you know, the crowd knows and they're lifting themselves up. Like you can feel the energy on the field. Like the crowd knows what's going on. This seems like it's soccer people that are coming in this game. Does it feel to you is that we're on the precipice of Madison really becoming almost like a soccer city? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And you know for when someone makes a tackle and everybody goes crazy. Yeah. Or as the buildup of a favorite ball and uh, the, the team starts to push up, you hear the fans. It's like, I know this is bad because I know you're a Cubs fan. Right? Oh, gosh, here we go. So like, but if you ever go to a game in St. Louis, sure. right? You watch those fans in St. Louis, they know baseball. Those fans in St. Louis know baseball. Through and through, everything. They know like when a guy makes a good cutoff, they're clapping the cutoff because they know that that's the right play. Like fans in stands, like who knows what the cutoff is, right? You know, so that's amazing to me. It's feeling like that in Madison to me now. Where it's like, where it's like when things are happening, people know, okay, we got a corner coming. We got to, we got to pay attention to this. They see an attack forming, and you're starting to feel the energy of the crowd lift up a little bit. Agreed. I think that's really important, especially for you guys in the field as well. It's very important. It's it's all about momentum in the game, and it's 
Uh, who said it wasn't? Someone said it maybe it was Mitch, but the the energy. No, uh, Drew Connor. When you're tracking back yeah. and you hear those fans screaming, it gives you more energy. And when you're dead, you lose. Oh, you lose. Yeah. yeah. He quoted it in the last game. It's, it's so important. So important. Well, good way to end it. Yeah, good way to end it. Eric, we know you. You've got a call to be on at eight o'clock. Union Thank guys. You. Yeah, you're the union rep. One of them. Yeah. One of them, yeah. Um, thanks for doing that, by the way. It means, I mean, it's important for the guys in the league. It's important for the guys at the club here to have good representation. 100%, man. Um, and I probably, I couldn't think of a better guy to do it for this club. Nope. You've been around forever, so. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a, a job, job for a bulldog. bulldog and that's true. And Andrew Wheeler does it with, with me, too. So that wheels. Maybe we'll, we'll get him to come. Like, well, should. I mean, you should have wheels come to one of these. That's that's what our goal will be. We'll have we'll have somebody. I don't know who it is, but surprise guest next, next, yeah. next time. So next Tuesday. I Maybe mean, anybody. Very much. Are you free next week? It's free for you guys. Yeah. Hey. Hey, but you know what? Sometimes. Maybe Schneider. Like, yeah, Carl. We could, I mean, if you bring Carl with, we're just going to talk about Quincy for a little bit. I mean, if, if Carl's coming, <laughs> Andrew's just going to bring him in the car. We'll ride over together. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, we'll I'll, bring <laughs> I'll bring him with. I'll bring him I love that. Yeah. Carl. Yeah, me, and Carl hey. me and Carl are neighbors. You know, yeah. We all know that. All right. Well, we will see you next Hopefully next Tuesday, Eric, uh, and whoever you bring with you. Hopefully they're not, uh, you know, watching the kids that night. Shout out to Mitch. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Fire Mitch. Oh. Mate. <laughs> I mean, like I told you, I'm like, oh, I know this excuse. I yeah, think I don't have kids, you know. Yeah, that's right. You will someday, and you will use this excuse. Never. never. I would never. Okay. okay. He'll bring him with. Uh, go, go get, si- go get six. six. right there. Don't move. Hey, go get six. Because we won't see you, like, because you got yeah. Charlotte, and then you got NC, right? Yeah, my, next week might not happen. Because you got a quick turnaround. You got a quick turnaround. Oh, we do. We do. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But, but, let's, but hey, go, go get three, Yep. and we'll talk this weekend. Hopefully we'll see you on Tuesday. Perfect. Right. Sounds good. All right, be easy.